Welcome in, everyone, to the Football Addicts Anonymous podcast. Just me once again today. I uh, hope everyone had a good 4th of July weekend and uh, July 5th as well today with uh, being the holiday today. Um, literally nothing going on in terms of NFL news, NCAA news. Um this past weekend but did have one thing for each um, as well as we were will do our AFC South season preview today Um, so I'll just roll along right into it congrats Chase Elliott getting your second win of the the season I know I got a Matt Kansas shirt on right now but uh, Chase is my boy so all right so the one piece of NCAA news we do have is something in regards to nil news I'm sure we'll be hearing all about um, these top college players especially college football and men's basketball, the uh, top two revenue-producing sports in college. Um, we'll probably be hearing about all these guys signing with different, signing different endorsement deals coming up in the in the next couple of months. One that caught my eye this week, this weekend, Oklahoma quarterback Spencer Rattler. He signed an endorsement deal with Raising Canes. Um, the fast food chicken company so I uh, just thought I'd point that out you know it's uh, one of the top college players and college football players this coming year expected to be in the Heisman hunt as well as probably the playoff hunt as well with Oklahoma. So, um, yeah, and my my one friend uh, asked, because he wasn't sure, he thought Raising Cane's was just a, you know, like a Georgia thing, and I was like, no, like it's like a whole Southern thing. And, uh, there's definitely Raising Cane's in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, anyways, um, as well as one here in Athens. So, NFL news-wise, just a correction from Friday's show on the um, penalties from OTAs. The Niners didn't have their OTAs from next year taken away. They voluntarily canceled uh, their last OTA practice as well as their mandatory mini camp. So that took care of the penalty that would have taken away practices from next season. So that's it. That's literally the only things we have going uh, as far as NCAA and NFL news. So let's roll on to the AFC South. Uh, preview here. So we have Derrick Henry, Carson Wentz now in Indy, Trevor Lawrence, number one overall pick, and I had no clue who to put f- 
for the Houston Texans because of the uncertainty of Deshaun Watson. So I went with one of their free agent, one of their million free agent signings in Mark Ingram coming over from the Baltimore Ravens. So first off is Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans. 11 and six for me. Uh, week one, I have them beating the Cardinals at home. They go to Seattle and lose that one. They beat the Colts in Nashville, beat the Jets in New York, beat the Jags in Jacksonville. Come back home feeling good at 4-1. They go on a four-game losing streak. Losing to Buffalo at home on Monday Night Football. They lose to the Chiefs in Nashville. They go to Indianapolis and lose. They go to L.A. and lose to the Rams and Matthew Stafford on Sunday night. So after a 4-1 start, the Titans are at 4-5. They go in on a three-game win streak then, beating the Saints in Nashville, the Texans at home, and then going to New England and beating the Patriots. That puts them at 7-5 and five at the bye. So not the greatest week 13 bye, late one, but 7-5 and five gives you a chance to, at the playoffs and, and the division. So I have them coming out of the bye, beating the Jags at home, going to Pittsburgh and losing, beating the Niners on Thursday night, beating the Dolphins at home, and then beating the Texans in Houston. So that's a 4-1 and one end to the season uh, to get them at 11-6. and six. Key games for me, Monday Night Football, Week 6 with the Buffalo Bills. That's in Nashville. Have them losing that. The next week is also a key game, I think, in the whole scheme of the AFC playoffs, losing to Kansas City at home. Uh, like I said, that's part of that's the first half of that four-game losing streak, and then also uh, the Sunday Night Football Week Nine in LA against the Rams. That is also a loss and a key game for me. Originally, I had that as a win, but I, I think that Matthew Stafford against this defense. I don't think it's that much improved from last year. So, And then one more key game, their other, their last primetime game, Thursday night football at home against the Niners week 16. That is a win for the Titans. So going to the depth chart here, uh, starting off with the wide receivers, they revamped the wide receiver core, adding three key guys this offseason. Obviously, the biggest one, Julio Jones in the trade from Atlanta. Um, again, I, I thought that deal was pretty solid. I would not have paid a first-round pick. I've been adamant about that, and the Titans didn't have to do that, which is good for them. They didn't overpay. And I think Julio will be a very good contributor for them. Um, and possibly, I still like A.J. Brown more, especially because he's younger. But he's going to definitely take the some of the coverage and pressure off of A.J. Brown to produce as much as he would have had to before they had Julio. 
And I think he also fills nicely fills in nicely for Corey Davis, who's that big bodied receiver. AJ Brown's not AJ Brown's big ish, but uh, not as big as Corey Davis or Julio are. Next guy, Josh Reynolds coming over in free agency from the Rams. Gonna be the good, a good slot guy there, uh, complimenting Julio and AJ. We'll see. Uh, I was intrigued by him before Julio came because, you know, he had never really been a top guy. He was always the third or fourth option in LA, and now he's again the third option. So. We'll see how much he can produce, uh, especially with the run-heavy attack that they do in Tennessee with Derrick Henry. Last receiver to talk about, Des Fitzpatrick, listed as the fourth wide receiver right now. Fourth-round pick this year. Um, Solid senior bowl. I didn't really watch him at Louisville too much. So I'm not too familiar with him, but like I said, I watched him at the Senior Bowl. Fourth round pick, he's definitely going to get a get a chance, uh, and I think he'll produce uh, a decent rookie season based off the lack of quality depth that they have at the receiver position behind him. So next guy here, tight end Anthony Ferkser. First year as the full-time starter uh, in in his fourth year with the Titans. Only two starts uh, throughout his career in his first three years. So we'll see if he can step up into that Johnny Smith role. Uh, they've had very good play out of the tight ends in recent years. Delaney Walker, Johnny Smith, Can Ferkser be the next guy in Tennessee because we know and we've seen that Ryan Tannehill really does like to throw to his tight ends. So, Last guy on offense here, second round pick, D- Dylan Raddins out of North Dakota State starting at right tackle right now. Uh, really liked him coming out. Is a great replacement. Uh, after they had the whole Isaiah Wilson uh, issue last year. So I I liked the pick, and I think he will be a solid addition and finally fill in that right tackle spot that was a void after Jack Conklin signed with Cleveland. Defensively, we're going to go to the defensive line, nose tackle, Tyre Tart. Second-year guy, undrafted free agent last year. Seven games played in his first season. Uh, I think he started once. You know, that the thing is, is there's not that much at the nose tackle position for the Titans. You know, they... they I had a hole once they traded Darrell Casey two years ago, and I, they've never filled it. Laryl Murchison, I I think he could be an option to, to slide in there. Otherwise, 
it'll be inexperience in the in the center of their defense in their base three four. So we'll have to see how Tart plays. Going to the linebackers here, fourth round pick Rashad Weaver, uh, the backup to Harold Landry on the left side, outside linebacker. On the weak side, outside linebacker position. Uh, fourth round pick out of Pitt. Liked him, liked a lot of the Pitt guys. Uh, but obviously he's going to be in a backup role with Harold Landry and Bud Dupree, who came over from Pittsburgh. Bud Dupree, uh, I'm sad to see you go from the Steelers, but can't pay you and TJ Watts, so... Titans paid up for Bud Dupree coming off an ACL tear. I'm not so sure that he's going to hit the ground running. That's why Rashad Weaver, I think, comes into play a lot. I think Weaver's going to have to play more than people think early in the season. Because Bud Dupree tore his ACL pretty late. It was November, I believe, or, or December. So, actually, I think it was December. So, you know, the normal nine months for an ACL is going to push. Yeah, it, it's going to be close for Bud to get ready by the season uh, and to be full go when week one comes. So that's why, like I said, I think Rashad Weaver... Will come into play. Tuzar Skipper, his backup as well. Ola Adeni, I like him. Um, another linebacker to talk about here, Monty Rice. Third round pick out of Georgia this year. Listed as the third string right inside linebacker. I'm not so sure about that. He can beat out Jan Johnson, I believe, to back up Rashawn Evans. They have a solid Linebacking inside linebacking core, Jayon Brown, Rashawn Evans, the starters, David Long Jr., uh, B.J. Bello as well there. But, yeah, I would expect David Long and, and Monty Rice to be the main backups and rotational pieces for Jayon Brown and Rashawn Evans there. Like I said, though, Bud Dupree, they've been looking for pass rush. It, it's been atrocious what the, the Titans have put out as far as a pass rush the last couple of years. So they're hoping that Bud Dupree can can be the guy to, to lead them. Secondary, again, is just horrible secondary last year. So they had a lot of new additions this year. Janoris Jenkins comes in. Janoris Jenkins comes in from the Saints, I believe. Cause he, you know, he bounced around <laughs> quite a lot the last couple of seasons. Yes, from from the Saints. So I like that selection. He's played well uh, wherever he's been. So wouldn't uh, I think he he might be able to actually help them. They also drafted 
Caleb Farley in the first round, 22nd overall this year. He is dealing was dealing with a back issue, had back surgery this year. But uh, I, I liked him. I thought Tennessee was a perfect fit for him out of Virginia Tech. So those two guys and also Elijah Molden, third-round pick out of Washington, was surprised he went that late, thought he might be in the second round, but they got good value from him and from a guy that is coming from a, a, a corner factory in Washington. They've produced many guys the last couple of seasons. So with those three alone, I, I think this secondary could really be much improved this year as well as with second round pick Christian Fulton from last year didn't produce like they wanted to obviously it was a tough season like I said for the Titans secondary so I have to see how that pans out the last thing I'll say about the Titans depth chart kicking situation is weird they don't have an established guy on the roster right now Tucker McCann Blake Hallbill Hallbill those are the two guys on the depth chart right now. McCann, undrafted free agent last year, didn't play for anyone in the regular season. Hallbeal, undrafted free agent this year out of Ohio State. And I I don't know why they're they're rolling with those. Hallbeal I could see. I, I actually remember him playing. McCann I don't remember playing in college at all. But the thing is, there's two guys out there on the market still that I think the Titans should be looking at. Dan Bailey, released by the Vikings, and Zane Gonzalez was with many people before. The Titans, uh, or the, the Cardinals, I remember him in, in his last stop. So, I, I would think Dan Bailey would be the guy. I mean, they went with a veteran last year, and Steven Goskowski was not that great. He is actually still available as well. Mike Nugent also available. I, I would say Dan Bailey, though. The Titans need to go get Dan Bailey. So, Fantasy-wise for the Titans here, Tannehill. So Ryan Tannehill... Uh, I don't really like his fantasy value just because of Derrick Henry. I think they run too much. Even though Tannehill has passed it very well when he has thrown the ball. So I wouldn't I, – I like Tannehill as a backup quarterback with low QB1 upside. So that's me. Derrick Henry, obviously, I <laughs> – I've done it the last two years, and I'm probably going to do it again. I just cannot bring myself to drafting Derrick Henry in a money league because he's used so much. He has a lot of wear and tear on him. I'm just so afraid that the one year I draft him, he is going to have an issue with the load and they don't have anyone behind him that can really help with that. Darrington Evans, Jeremy McNichols, Brian Hill, all similar guys to me. So uh, I, I know he's going to be a first-round pick, but I just 
I can't bring it to to myself to to draft him. So good luck to anyone who does. I know he'll produce well for you. But I'll only draft him if if there's no other guys that I like at that spot. So wide receivers. I already talked about Josh Reynolds a little bit and his fantasy value, how it decreased dramatically with the addition of Julio. A.J. Brown, though, I think A.J. Brown has a legitimate chance at being a top-five receiver this year. He was a stud in his in his rookie year last year, and I have no qualms with drafting him in the, the second round. So, Julio, though, like I said, I've never been a big Julio person. Not going to do it. I'm not drafting Julio. Unless he goes later than what I what I thought he would. If he goes late-ish, and I'm comfortable with with the round that it is, and he's still available, I'll go with him. Which the comfortability the comfortability for me to draft Julio would probably be somewhere around eight. If you can get Julio in the eighth round, I think maybe that's way too too deep. But the thing is, like I said, he's not the number one receiver anymore. He is the number two to A.J. Brown. So I don't know if that's necessarily too late. Tight end Anthony Ferkser kind of talked about him as well. I wouldn't be surprised if Anthony Ferkser ends up as a top eight tight end this year. Because, like I said, Ryan Tannehill likes throwing to tight ends. Even with the addition of Julio, I think Ferkser is going to get a look. And if he produces early on in the season, I think Tannehill will gain that trust with him like he had with Walker and Smith. And Ferkser will have a... a Great campaign as the starting tight end this year. Defensively and not touching the Titans. I know they did all they tried to do all these things to, to shore up the defense. Like I said, I'm not so sure about Tart in the on the nose. Bud Dupree's coming back from an injury at outside linebacker. Harold Landry hasn't produced like they thought he would when they drafted him. And even though the secondary is better, everyone is young except for Janoris Jenkins So and, and Kevin Byard. Kevin Byard, one of the better safeties in the league. But with so many young guys at the corner position, I, I can't bring my I, – I would not even think about drafting the Titans defense in fantasy this year. And kicker, like I said, if Dan Bailey goes to the Titans – that is a draftable kicker. I would expect him to be a starter on many teams because the Titans are an offense that is going to score. Probably. Enough points. All right. Indianapolis Colts here. 10-7 and seven for me. Week one is a starred game for me. Beating the Seattle Seahawks in Indianapolis. Get Carson Wentz comfortable. I think the Seahawks have a beatable defense. And 
it's going to be a tough game because Carson's going to have to score against Russell Wilson, even with the solid Colts defense. But like I said, I think the Colts offense versus the Seahawks defense is really where it's going to where they're going to win the game. Then they go on a four-game losing streak. <laughs> the The Colts have one of the, probably the toughest schedule in the league to open up. Home against Seattle, which, as I said, is a win. They're home against the Rams. That's a loss. At the Titans, that's a loss. And then at the Dolphins, that's a loss. At the Ravens, that is a loss. Then it kind of flattens out. It becomes way easier. So Colts fans, if they start out badly, don't worry. Uh, I think they'll be fine. Because after the Baltimore game, which is a a Monday night game, uh, a loss at Baltimore, they're gonna go. They're gonna come back home, beat Houston, then they go to San Francisco. That's a loss. So things aren't looking pretty. Two and five (laughs) in the the first seven games, but they, they come back very well in the end. They beat the Titans in Indianapolis. Thursday nighter against the Jets in Indy. That's a win. They beat the Jags at home. They go to Buffalo. That's a loss. They host Tampa. That's a loss as well. They go to Houston. That's a win. Bye week is way late. 14. You know, you're 6-7. and seven. On the brink of the playoffs, right? So then they host the Patriots. That's the win. They go to Arizona on Christmas. That's a win. Christmas night. They host the Raiders. That's a win. And then they go to Jacksonville. That is a win. And on a five-game winning streak to jump into the playoffs in a wild card position. Key games, like I said, week one against Seattle. I think that's a good game to get the monkey off Carson's back there. Um, week five as well, I, I think that is a Monday night football game at... The Ravens, that's a loss, though. Week 7, Sunday nighter at the Niners. That is a loss as well. Week 9, Thursday night against the Jets. That's a win. And then finally, Christmas primetime game at Arizona. That is a win in week 16. So 10-7 and seven for the Colts. Like them as a wild card. Roster-wise, obviously Carson Wentz coming from the Eagles in the trade. I believe he will be much better than he was in Philadelphia. Reasoning. He's with his old offense coordinator and Frank Reich as the head coach of the Colts. He also, so that's a better system, he also is surrounded by a lot better talent. The offensive line doesn't have the injury issues that it does in Philadelphia. He has playmakers 
in Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines, Jordan Wilkins at running back. T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, Zach Pascal at wide receiver. Also, Jack Doyle, Mo Ali Cox, and Kylan Granson at tight end. So, he'll be protected, and he has a lot better weapons to throw to. So. Other quarterback, though. Sixth round pick, Sam Ellinger out of Texas. I liked him. Uh, he's a he's a tough guy. Not sure if they're going to keep two or three quarterbacks. I think with Carson's injury history, they would be wise to keep three quarterbacks. They don't have a veteran backup, which I think suits Carson. I think he likes to know that he's the guy. With Ellinger only being a sixth rounder, they're slated backup right now is Jacob Eason, a former fourth-round pick out of Washington. I think Carson's men- mentality will be a lot better in Indianapolis because of the lack of veteran, veteran depth at the position. Wide receiver. Not going to talk about the top two, but Paris Campbell. It surprising, surprised me when I looked at the depth chart that he is listed as the third wide receiver right now. He's in his third year has only played nine games because he's gotten hurt so much in his first two years. So I know Paris Campbell a while ago was a guy that I had held on to in in Dynasty just to see if he was going to do anything. Then he got hurt once again last year. So kind of I, I dropped him kind of went to the wayside especially when they got Michael Pittman last year so we'll we'll see I I do like him I still do I think he has upside it's just hard being the third wide receiver instead of the second going to the offensive line like I said Carson's going to be protected a lot better than he was in Philadelphia getting left tackle Eric Fisher over from Kansas City he is coming off a torn Achilles, I believe it is, last year. Not so sure that he will be the, there to start the season. That's why I think the week one against Seattle is a win because Seattle has not proven that they can find pass rushers, consistent pass rushers. So I think even without Eric Fisher week one, I think they'll be okay with Sam Tevy coming over from the Chargers as their main starter to start the year anyways. They also have Julian Davenport, who came over from the Texans in the mix. We'll have to see which guy wins that backup job. I would expect it to be Sam Tevy, though. Defensively, two guys to talk about here. First-round pick, Quiddy Pay, starter at left defensive end, 21st overall. Fills out a solid line. Pay, DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart, Al-Kadeen Muhammad, Tyquan Lewis, Antoine Woods, Kamoko Ture. They also have Ben Benagu and Isaac Rochelle there as well. Deo Adiingbo. I like the depth. I think Quiddy Pay was another guy that you, you didn't see the, the sack numbers at Michigan, but 
is tenacious. And it hurts that he doesn't have a all-world pass rusher opposite of him because it is Al-Kadeem Muhammad. So I think the pay is going to have to have to step up this year in in year one right away and, and produce. But I think it's going to help him playing on the left side beside the all-pro DeForest Buckner, who worked out very well for the Colts last year. Only other guy I'm going to talk about with the Colts, defense. Strong side linebacker slated right now. Fourth-year guy. Zaire Alexander, Zaire Franklin, seventh round pick for the Colts in 2018. I had never heard of him. I thought he was a Rams pick, but it said he was from the Colts. So their linebacker depth is not there at all. They lost um, – Anthony Walker in free agency, I think that was a big loss for them. Bobby Okariki and Darius Leonard are the other two guys there on the second level. But I really don't know much about the backups that they have. EJ Speed is a converted safety. I do like Malik Jefferson, who is a fourth-string guy right now at middle linebacker. Rookie out of Texas or second round guy out of Texas, second year. But yeah, the the linebacker depth is lacking, <laughs> unlike the defensive line depth. And I like their secondary depth. Their secondary and and their secondary depth is is very solid as well. So Blankenship fighting against Eddie Pinero for kicking job. I I don't think that's going to be a competition. I think they just brought in Pinero to be a kick a camp kicker. So fantasy wise, Carson Wentz. Now I think he's draftable as a backup. That just like Ryan Tannehill can have QB one upside if he works out getting back to Frank's Reich system. So draft him as your backup. And hope he plays out well enough that he either outperforms your starter or he plays well enough and your starter is playing even better that he has trade value and you can go get some other backup either on the waiver wire or trade market and you can trade Carson Wentz. Running back, Jonathan Taylor. Love, absolutely love Jonathan Taylor. Drafted him last year in the first round of my Dynasty League. Was solid uh, on my team that didn't have too many solid running backs, especially last season. So, really like him. He's a top 10 guy for me. I don't think he's necessarily going to be in the top 5 yet. But he has that potential, I think, in the Colts' offense with the road grading offensive line that they do have. They like to run the ball. 
we'll have to see if, if the passing game and Carson Wentz can help balance that so they're not selling out to stop Jonathan Taylor every play. I don't like the backups in fantasy at running back. Marlon Mack was surprised that they re-signed him coming off an injury. I don't think he has value. Naeem Hines does in a flex position for a PPR league. I think Naeem Hines does, if you draft him late, he can be a capable pass catcher for you in a flex position. Not an every week guy, though. I would say spot starter. Wideouts, I've never, just like Julio Jones, I've never been a T.Y. Hilton fan. Gets injured too many times for me. Has barren stretches. So I think the better guy would be Michael Pittman. I wouldn't be surprised if Pittman has a, a great year with Carson. Uh, not sure where Michael Pittman would go, but uh, I like I said, I think he would be the better option, even though T.Y. is listed as the number one wide receiver. Tight end Jack Doyle. Again, I've never been a Jack Doyle fan. So I do think Jack Doyle is is a solid tight end two option, especially with Carson. Just like Ryan Tannehill, Carson Wentz loves tight ends. We saw that in Philadelphia with Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. I, I think that Jack Doyle could produce and be a high-end tight end two, even possibly low end tight end one if Carson really has built that trust with him defensively I like the defense I think they're draftable they're not in that top tier though for me I would say they're a top seven eight defense so still starting in in 10 and 12 man leagues but I don't think they'll be that dominant because I'm not so sure about their pass rush with Pei and Muhammad as the defensive ends. Buckner's Buckner's going to get his in the interior, but he's going to need help. And I'm just not so sure that the guys outside can do it at this juncture. Kicking, like I said, I don't think Rodrigo is going to have have to battle. I think Panero is just a show to to keep Blankenship's leg mildly uh, you know, healthy and not get worn out too much in camp. So but Rodrigo is definitely he showed last year in a in a fantastic rookie season for the Colts. That he is a, he is consistent, he has the leg strength, and that he is a top fantasy kicker. And I think he is, once again, going to be a top five kicker with an offense that should be better than last year. So that is the Indianapolis Colts. Let's move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence. 
5 and 12 for me for the Jags. Pretty solid season, all things considered, after last year. At the Texans week one, that is a win. That is a key game, just like week one was for the Colts. I think getting a win early for Trevor Lawrence boosts their confidence in Jacksonville. Week two, though, that's a loss against the Broncos. They host the Cardinals week three. That is another loss. Losing in Cincinnati on Thursday night, week four. Then they lose to the Titans at home. They, lose, they beat the Dolphins, actually, in London week six. I think just because the Jags are such a uh, symbol in London, I think that is going to give them the boost they need to beat a good team like the Miami Dolphins in an international series game. By week, week seven, they come out, go to the Seahawks. That's a loss. They host Buffalo. That is a loss. Lose at Indy. Then they do beat the Niners, which I think is another key game, another win against the team that I think will be solid this year. They beat the Falcons. They lose in L.A. to the Rams. They lose at the Titans. They do beat the Texans once again at home. They lose to the Jets at MetLife, which is a key game. Number one versus number two pick. I think the Jets roster's overall is better than the Jags right now, though. They lose at New England. I, the only reason I say that is I think the defense for the Patriots is going to give Trevor Lawrence issues. And then they lose at home against the Colts to get them to 5-12. and 12. Roster-wise, obviously Trevor Lawrence, number one overall pick. Quarterback position Jacksonville is very intriguing, actually. Number one pick, Trevor Lawrence, going to start week one. He is the messiah. I mean, he has been pegged to be the best quarterback since forever. <laughs> since he started playing. I mean, he's touted as the best draft pick since Andrew Luck in 2012. So we'll see if the hype lives up to it. In the same division as Andrew Luck. So His backup right now on the depth chart, Gardner Minshew. Now, I don't think Gardner is going to be there week one because... There's been so much speculation about him being traded. A deal just hasn't... No one's offered anything for him yet. I'm not sure what they can actually get. I would think that if they could get... If they could recoup a six-round pick, which is the the round that they drafted Minshew in, I think that would be a fantastic win for the Jags. But it looks like they're going to keep him right now which brings into the question, why did you pick up C.J. Beathard then? Because, I I mean, I agree with the move because I think C.J. Beathard is a better quarterback than Gardner Minshew is. Getting him from San Francisco, I think, was a big win. And I think ultimately he will be the backup to Trevor Lawrence 
Gardner Minshew will either stick as the third string or get traded or released. Who knows if they only keep two. Running back. Lawrence's college teammate, Travis Etienne, going to start week one, 25th overall selection this year in the draft. Still befuddled me the whole thing with him taking all of his rookie minicamp reps and OTAs at wide receiver. So we'll have to see what that looks like in the preseason, but I still think he's going to be good. Other running back to talk about, new guy, Carlos Hyde coming over from Seattle. Third string right now. I think that's where he'll stay. He'll be a veteran back that'll get a couple carries every now and then. Wide receivers, Marvin Jones Jr. coming over from Detroit. I like that. They have all the juniors. <laughs> they have DJ Chark Jr., Marvin Jones Jr., LaVisca Chenault Jr. all starting. So Marvin Jones has lost a step a little bit the last couple of years, but not as much as his former teammate Golden Tate. So I think Marvin Jones still contributes, drops LaVisca Chenault into the third to wide receiver role, which I think will benefit him as running the slot. I think that's where he will fit best. Other receiver to talk about, Jamal Agnew. Listed as the sixth wide receiver right now. He also comes from the Lions. He is not going to be there for his receiving and offensive ability, though. He is coming to the Jags as one of the best returners in the league. He is slated as their kick and punt returner right now. So, great signing for the Jags special teams. And one more on offense. Of course, we have to do it. Tim Tebow. I didn't think about it. I should have wore his, his Broncos jersey today, but I didn't think about it. So, but listed as the fourth string tight end right now, I don't. I still think Tim can make the roster. They have Chris Manhurts, James O'Shaughnessy, and their third round pick Luke Farrell out of Ohio State. Those are the three guys ahead of Tim Tebow. Chris Manhurts is a blocker. He's not a receiver. O'Shaughnessy has never been a key contributor in an offense. And Farrell, I thought, was a reach in the third round. So I don't I don't see why Tim couldn't make the roster and contribute this year. Defensively, D-line, two new additions. Roy Robertson Harris coming over from Chicago, left defensive end. Solid veteran guy. Played really well on a on a great Bears defense. Definitely going to help in their base 3-4, coming over from a 3-4 defense in Chicago. They also got a new nose tackle this offseason, Malcolm Brown from the Saints. That was a trade. Don't have too much about Malcolm Brown. Uh, was... Decent in New Orleans. I think he will play well. I really like their defensive line, their top, their front two, their their top 
two on the depth chart on each positions in their three four. Robertson Harris, Malcolm Brown, Taven Bryan, former first round pick, Jihad Ward, who's a new addition, J2 Fele, a draft pick this year, Adam Gotsis. I think those top six are solid. Not going to talk about the linebackers. Secondary, though. Starting off at the safety position, two guys, Rayshon Jenkins, starting strong safety right now, coming over from the Chargers. Hard hitter. I don't really like his coverage ability too much, but definitely an in-the-box safety. It's going to hit guys. Going to help tremendously playing Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor. Other safety I want to talk about, their third-round pick, Andre Sisco out of Syracuse, the backup free safety to Jared Wilson. I think their top four safeties are solid as well. Uh, Rudy Ford, the other guy, going to be a special team teamer. Andre Sisco, I think, is going to be their third safety and will contribute on defense this year. Lastly, corners, new starter opposite last year's first-round pick, C.J. Henderson. Shaq Griffin coming over from Seattle. Almost re-signed in Seattle, but Jacksonville put him over the top with extra money. I think their, their secondary is going to be very good. Uh, and defense overall, I think, should be upgraded. It's the offense that I think needs to help them out. Tyson Campbell, second rounder out of Georgia. Like him, not too sure on his coverage ability. They also have Sidney Jones, who has kind of rejuvenated his career in Jacksonville, and Trey Hernan as well. So overall, I, li I like the unit. Kicker, they do have Aldrich Rosas to go along with Josh Lambeau. Just like Indy, though, I think Josh Lambeau is going to win the win the job. I I think Rosas is more of a, a camp leg. So now, fantasy wise, Trevor Lawrence is an interesting fantasy take because he is going to start all sixteen games, and they're going to lose. I have them losing twelve times. So they could be in for some garbage points. But just like the other two quarterbacks that I've talked about, draft Lawrence as a, as a backup. I, I do like him, but I don't like a rookie starting quarterback in fantasy. Now running back, ETN. That's tough. Like I said, we need to watch in the preseason to see how much he's utilized in the backfield and how much he's utilized in the passing game. I think he's going to do both a lot. But if he doesn't have the rushing numbers, I don't think you can solely draft him higher based off just him being a receiver. So. James Robinson, his backup I don't even know what to think about him. I don't even know if he's going to get drafted this year. He probably will, based off his, his last season. 
But now that he's the backup, he's not going to produce that type of season that he had in his rookie year last year. So I wouldn't touch James Robinson unless you're handcuffing ETN. I think pairing them together could be a solid addition, solid option. But I wouldn't draft James Robinson just by himself. You would have to have ETN in order to draft him, I think. Wide receiver is DJ Chark. I think he's in that second tier still. Let's see how it works out with with Lawrence. But now that he has Marvin Jones there as well, I know it's going to open some stuff up. But I think DJ's still not at that superstar, you know, top two rounds yet. I would say end of second and then into the third round. I think that's probably where you'll see DJ Chark go. Marvin Jones. I think he's draftable as a wide receiver three. Spot starter. He, I'm higher on than LaVisca Chenault. Chenault also had a solid rookie year last year. But I like Marvin Jones as a vet to come in and produce pretty well as a wider as the wide receiver two for them. But yeah, wide receiver three in fantasy for Marvin Jones. Tight end, not touching him. Not doing anything. If you want to be funny and draft in Tebow, go ahead. <laughs> he might produce, he might not. I don't think any of their tight ends are going to be that great. Defensively. Now the Jags, if you're going to keep two defenses... Jags are a draftable defense, I think. I like their linebackers. Secondary is improved. Defensive line is improved. So I don't think they're going to be terrible on defense. I think they're probably a third quarter. Uh, so that's where you'll find the backup defenses. Like I said, if you're carrying two, that is. I know sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. So I, I would think that they wouldn't be a bad backup defense. Kicker, Josh Lambeau. I'm not drafting him. I don't think the Jags are going to be able to score enough. They have some tough games against good defenses. So I would not draft Josh Lambeau. Finally, to the Houston Texans. So I have them having a horribly poor season. Now this is without Deshaun Watson. Obviously it changes if he plays, but I do not expect him to play. Unlike the Packers, Aaron Rodgers I think at least has a chance of playing in Green Bay this year. Deshaun has said, unlike Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun has come out and said he does not want to play in Houston. So that plus new head coach, new GM, I just think they need to move on. They need to trade him. He still has his legal situation pending. So a lot of stuff to figure out before we know if Deshaun is going to play in Houston or if he's traded, whatever. 
So, schedule-wise, week one, they start off with a loss hosting the Jags. They go to Cleveland, that's a loss. They're home against the Panthers on Thursday night football, week three, that is a loss. That's a key game. Lose at Buffalo. They do beat the Patriots at home week five. I think they're capable of doing that. They lose in Indy, lose at Arizona, lose against the Rams at home, lose at Miami. They lose to the Titans at home. They lose to the Jets, or they lose to the Titans in Nashville, lose to the Jets at home, lose to the Colts at home, lose to the Seahawks at home. They beat the Jags in the rematch in Jacksonville. Uh, that's another key game. I think that's uh, just because it's their second win. Uh, and then uh, the Patriots game is also a key game because it's their first win. And then they lose to the Chargers at home, lose at San Francisco, and then lose to the Titans at home. So a horrible season for the Texans. I think they'll be in square contention for the number one pick. It hurt them very badly. Their trade for Laramie Tunsil hurt them tremendously this offseason because of not having that number three overall pick. Giving it to the Dolphins. I'm not so sure that they wouldn't have went quarterback had that been their their selection. So, Depth chart-wise... Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, obviously. Is he going to get traded? That's the number one key to predict to predicting what the Texans will be like this season. That's why I would not make any projections. I'm doing this now just because I'm expecting Deshaun to get traded or not play for the Texans, even if he isn't traded. So that brings into question the next three quarterbacks on the depth chart Tyrod Taylor coming from the Chargers once again going to be the starter in in front of a rookie quarterback granted this time it's not a first round quarterback it is third rounder Davis Mills who essentially was their first round pick because he was their first pick of the draft this year didn't have a selection until the third round so I know Davis Mills is not going to play this year. He should not play this year. Tyrod is a serviceable starter, but he's he, he's he doesn't he doesn't win that much. I mean, it's we've seen it. It's just not the greatest option. They also do have Jeff Driscoll, who came over from the Broncos. He won't make the roster. Uh, possibly he will if they keep three and, and trade Watson, but I highly doubt he makes the roster, even if they... Because I think they're going to keep two, three if they need a spot for Deshaun. But Running backs, Phillip Lindsay coming over from the Broncos as well. Mark Ingram from the Ravens, and then Rex Burkhead from the Patriots. The Texans, I have so many guys starred because they have a million new new people this year. 
So it's it was just ridiculous. I mean, every week in free agency, he'd be like, oh, the Texans signed this guy, this guy, this guy. Like, how many spots do they have? Like, seriously. But I love I like Philip Lindsay. David Johnson still listed the starter. I think Philip Lindsay has upside. I'm not sure he's an every down back though. We saw it when the Broncos brought in Melvin Gordon last year. Melvin took the majority of the handoffs. Philip Lindsay was slotted in as more of the pass catching guy. So. Mark Ingram, I'm not sure how much he has left. He faded in Baltimore his last season there. They they utilized J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards more. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure how much he actually has left there. And then Rex Burkhead, the do-it-all running back from the Patriots, he's going to be the guy, I think, goal line. He's going to get a lot of the touches there and vulture touchdowns from Philip Lindsay and David Johnson. Receivers, not going to talk about the top three, but the next three. Third-round pick, Nico Collins out of Michigan. Big-body guy will help. His size will help because the top three guys, Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, Kiki QT, not the biggest. So Nico Collins will help in the jump balls in the red zone. Chris Conley coming from the Jags, formerly of the Chiefs as well. I think that's an intriguing selection uh, or free agency signing this year. Could be a contributor. I highly doubt it, though. He'll probably play special teams a lot. And then Andre Roberts coming over from the Bills will be their punt returner or or kick returner and, and backup punt returner right now. Really like him. One of the better returners in the league. So he will stick there, even being sixth on the wide receiver depth chart. Tight ends. Only one guy I'm going to talk about, Brevin Jordan, the fifth-round pick this year out of Miami. Third-string tight end right now behind Jordan Akins and Kahale Waring. <clears throat> they also have Pharaoh Brown. I would expect Brevin Jordan to be the starter by you know, midseason or whenever. I just think his talent far outweighs the top two guys. And he said he likes blocking, which was thing that people didn't think he did very much. So offensive line, they get Justin Britt from the Seahawks. He didn't play in 2020. He was a free agent the entire season, had a couple tryouts this spring ultimately ended up signing with the Texans was solid in Seattle I know Russell Wilson liked him and we'll have to see Uh, I think he will be okay you know having a year off I think will help him because he had he had gotten a an injury that's why he was he was recovering from that injury early last season and just never stuck with anyone so two other guys on the offensive line Marcus Cannon from the Patriots in a trade listed as the starting right guard which is intriguing because he played right tackle for the Patriots but Titus Howard their former second round pick is slated there Marcus Cannon the backup right tackle right now but starting right guard and then 
Cannon's backup, Lane Taylor, coming over from the Packers, was a solid, a very solid um, depth piece in Green Bay. Had started a bunch with some of their injuries that they had had the last couple of seasons on the offensive line. Can play. I, I'm not sure if he can play all five, but he can play four out of the five at least. I know he's played right guard, right tackle, and left guard. I don't think he's played left tackle yet in his career, and I know I'm pretty sure he hasn't played center. So maybe he only can play three out of the five, but very versatile for Lane Taylor. Defensively, D-line, I actually have five, or, or yeah, five defensive linemen start here. Vincent Taylor starting left defensive end in their 3-4, coming from the Browns. He only has uh, one career start. So that's interesting, to say the least. Yeah, I don't know too much about Vincent Taylor. So <laughs> limited starting experience, very limited, uh, almost none getting a shot to start for the Texans this year. Malik Collins, starting nose tackle, coming from the Raiders, formerly a second-round pick of the Cowboys out of Nebraska. I like him. I think he'll be good for them. I He has to stay on the field, though. He's had injury issues throughout his career. Didn't produce like the Cowboys wanted him to in Dallas. But I, I do like him, though. Behind Vincent Taylor at left DN, Demarcus Walker coming from the Broncos was a part of a very good defense in Denver. I'm not so sure he doesn't win that defensive end spot uh, from Vincent Taylor, considering Demarcus Walker has played a lot more than Vincent has. And I just think Demarcus Walker is probably a better player. Second and third string backup, second and third string nose tackles here. Jaleel Johnson coming from the Vikings. I believe he was a former third-round pick for them. Hasn't played too much in his career, but definitely has the ability to. And then the interesting thing to me was the third-string nose tackle for the Texans. 2020 second-round pick Ross Blacklock out of Washington, I believe, didn't play that much last year as as if I can remember anyways. And to see a second year, second round pick be a third string is just it be it baffles me to, to see that. So I'm not sure if he's going to stay at nose or if he's going to go and back up Charles Amenahu at right defensive end because Roy Lopez is the guy right there, and I'm not so sure that he ends up being the guy because I like Blacklock's upside more than Lopez. So Linebackers, first starter, the only starter I'm going to talk about, Christian Kirksey coming over from the Packers. Tackling machine. Has injury issues, but I think he's a solid addition beside Zach Cunningham, who got paid this offseason. The four backups, all new at the linebacker positions. Jordan Jenkins from the Jets. Neville Hewitt from the Jets. 
Kamu Grugier-Hill from the Dolphins and Shaq Lawson from the Dolphins. Shaq Lawson coming in a trade. Now, this is why I wish Chris was here, because he would know a lot more than me about Jordan Jenkins and Neville Hewitt. But Neville Hewitt, or, or Jordan Jenkins, I'll start off. Good outside linebacker in the 3-4. Has, I think him being in a situational pass rush role will suit him well, just like it will Shaq Lawson. I think Shaq Lawson could still beat out Jacob Martin at right at strong side outside linebacker. But that's just me. I, I, I like Shaq Lawson, so and the the other two the two inside backups, Neville Hewitt from the Jets and Kamu Grugier Hill from the Dolphins. Kamu Grugier Hill has never been a very good defend defensive player. He's been a special teams ace though. So I wouldn't be surprised if he is that spe- special teams guy once again. Neville Hewitt is so-so. I don't think he's the greatest, but he'll be all right. Uh, not not having to start, you know. They do also have Joe Thomas, Kevin Pierre-Lewis, um, and then Derek Rivers as well on the outside. Secondary... Two guys, Terrence Mitchell from the Browns, didn't have the greatest year last year, but is considered one of the better corner, uh, second corners in the league. We'll get picked on, though. Bradley Roby on the other side. Vernon Hargraves in the slot. I, I'm not so solid, so sold on Terrence Mitchell, though. Desmond King. His backup from the Titans never materialized anything with the Titans last year coming from in a trade during the season from the Chargers. He's definitely a good returner, but like I said, they have Andre Roberts to do that, so Desmond King won't be relied upon. He's moving to corner, which is something to look at. Or he's moving back to corner, I believe. I think he was drafted as a corner and then went to safety and then is moving back to corner. So we'll have to see what Desmond King brings. He's the fourth corner right now. I think their top three are pretty good, especially Bradley Roby. Vernon Hargraves has had a resurgence in Houston. So. All right. And finally, uh, oh, can't. Oh, forgot. Punter. Cam Johnston coming over from the Eagles. That is going to make the Texans one of the best special teams in the league. Yes, I said that. Best special teams in the league. The Texans should be up there. Only thing now that they need is John Fossil to run their special teams. So, Cam Johnston from the Eagles. Boomer of a leg. Wouldn't be surprised if he's one of the best punters once again this year, especially in net average. Fantasy-wise, not touching the quarterbacks. Even Deshaun Watson. Because you don't know. You just do not know what his situation is right now. Running backs. Now, David Johnson 
is slated as the starter. They have a little bit better of an offensive line this year. They should be able to run the ball a bit more. I just, I, I don't know. I I would say draft David Johnson as an RB2, mid-RB2, because just for the fact that he is going to get carries. The only thing is, he's probably not going to get a lot of receptions because of the presence of Philip Lindsay and Rex Burkhead. So there you go. Philip Lindsay. I think he can draft as a flex starter. Wide receivers. Again, it's tough with without knowing who the quarterbacks are going to be. Brandon Cooks, I think, is a solid option. I don't like any of the other receivers, though. But I think Brandon Cooks could be a wide receiver three for you with mid-tier wide receiver two upside. Tight ends, like I said, Brevin Jordan, I think, is a sneaky selection if he can elevate himself to the starting spot. Even with, see, I think tight end's different because I think even with whoever, even with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback, I think that would benefit Brevin Jordan and the tight end position for the Texans. So, draft Brevin Jordan late. I'm not so sure you should draft him as your backup tight end. I would say if there's no receivers that you like near the end of the draft or running backs, which usually running back is pretty barren at that point, go with Brevin Jordan. I mean, take a shot at him. So Defensively, not touching it. Uh, the I don't like the front three as much. The inside linebackers I like, but the outside are not the greatest. Whitney Merciless is pretty good, but Jacob Martin I have no confidence in. Secondary is so-so. Bradley Roby is, is pretty good. Vernon Hargraves, like I said, has had a resurgence in Houston. The safeties are very good. Eric Murray, Justin Reed are one of the better tandems. But there's just too many question marks for me. So I, I'm not touching the Texans' defense. Kaimi Fairbairn, though, for the Texans' special teams. I think Fairbairn should once again be a top-five kicker, has a monster leg, and even with the inefficiency of the offense. Actually, I'm going to recant my statement. He's not going to be a top-five kicker. Will be a startable kicker but I think the lack of offense that you're going to see with Tyrod Taylor is going to hurt his chances. So I would be cautious about drafting Kaini Fairbairn this year. So that is the AFC South, y'all. Recap. Texans. Titans winning the division at 11-6. Colts. Wild card at ten and seven. Jags third place five and twelve, and the lowly Texans finish it out, probably with the number one overall pick to get their quarterback of the future. At two and fifteen. 
next Monday, we will have the AFC West season preview. Our, our last AFC division to go over. We'll be talking Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Derek Carr, and whoever is starting for the Broncos. Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, or possibly Aaron Rodgers. We will be having on Friday our NFC South preview let us know what y'all think about my AFC South uh, record predictions here and, and fantasy analysis. Love to hear your thoughts. Uh, we'll have them posted along uh, with our others on our Instagram and, and Twitter at FAA Podcast on both of those, FAAPodcast.com as well. I know my parents bought some bought some merch. Uh, they modeled it nicely on Facebook. That is, you can see that picture on our Facebook page as well. There. Thank y'all for following here on YouTube, and we will see you on Friday.